A big Merry Christmas to all of you this evening. And here at Huntsville Christian Church, we're praying that you would have a Christ-filled Christmas this year. If you have your Bibles with you this evening, um, we're going to be starting in Matthew in chapter 2 today. And as you're turning there, I'm wondering real quick, is there anyone here who's not done their Christmas shopping? You're still... um, We're going to be praying. If you raise your hand, we're going to be praying for you uh, this evening. Here's another, another question I want to ask of you this evening. What is Christmas all about? Those of you that are Christians, you would say that Christmas is about Jesus. As Christians, we celebrate Christmas as the birthday of Jesus. So if it is his birthday this e- tonight and tomorrow, how come everybody else gets presents? I think it would be great to give Jesus a gift this year. I believe we should give something to Jesus in honor of his birth. Which raises another question. What in the world do you get for the Son of God? Talk about someone who's difficult to buy presents for. Because my Bible says he owns everything anyway. What, what could you give to him that would be meaningful? What is the one thing that Jesus wants from you that only you can give? The answer is your worship. Your worship is the only gift that Jesus wants from you and the only gift that you can give. I want to give you a great example of some people who traveled a long way to give Jesus worship. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Tradition tells us a lot about this story. In fact, if you've ever seen a nativity scene, you've probably seen a little baby Jesus, the little shepherds you've seen, and you've seen the the animals that are part of the, the nativity scene. And also chances are at this nativity scene, you've seen the wise men. Tradition tells us that there were three wise men, but truthfully, the Bible doesn't tell us how many there were. In fact, we honestly don't know how many there were. There could have been three, there could have been 30. The Bible doesn't say. We just use three as part of the tradition. The Bible does tell us, though, they brought gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. Now again, tradition says they, they were the wise men, but truthfully, we're not really sure who they were. They were, they were called magi, and some people actually believe they were kings, which is an amazing picture if you think about this. Kings bowing down to worship baby Jesus. It's a beautiful picture. But other scholars argue that the men were, were sorcerers or magicians or, for ha- or perhaps astrologers who were looking up at the stars and saw one magnificent star and followed all the way to Bethlehem. Tradition again tells us they came on camel's back, but we really don't know that. They could have walked. They could have come on camels, though. Basically, what we know is that the Magi were, were, were not sure of how many, but we know that the Magi traveled a very, very, very long way through some very difficult terrain with one single purpose in mind, and that was to worship the one that would be called the King of the Jews, to worship him. That's why they came. 
They came to worship him. In our culture, we typically think about worship as just singing some songs. And, depend, and depending on what type of church you're from, you might sing from hymns or here we sing from the screen. Either way, we often think worship as just singing songs. But the biblical form of worship is so much more than singing. These, these magi, they traveled a long way and very likely got all the way down on the ground, on their knees, and worshiped the Christ child with their full bodies. I'm guessing that you've had a Christmas like mine this year. You may have been very busy at work and doing all sorts of things. And chances are you haven't really taken some time to worship Christ. In the next few minutes, I want to give you three different opportunities to worship during this message. We've got three Christmas songs that we want to share with you. When we sing them, I want you to just to sing out. I want you to, if you know the words, close your eyes and sing along. The son, <clears throat> he truly desires from us the only, the on, uh, that only we can give is that the only thing we can give him is our worship. Let me help you get into the mood of worship. Join me as we discover three reasons to worship Jesus this Christmas. The first reason that we should worship Jesus this Christmas is we are going to worship Jesus for who he is. Who is he? The scriptures give us a great, a great description of who he is. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save us from our sins. I'm not through. (laughs) (laughs) All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The the, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. If Matthew would have said that, it would have said this to any first century, for any first century person, they would have stopped and said, wait a minute. Did you just say God with us? That's heresy. They would have said, that's scandalous. That's impossible. Not, you can't even say that. That's impossible to say. God with us. Because they knew even to eat, they knew that they couldn't even see God. The Bible even says you couldn't see God in his purest essence and actually live. They would, have, they would have known about the Old Testament and what it says about Moses. God says, you can't handle seeing me. So when I pass by, you need to cover your face. You kind of only can get a glimpse of me from the backside. They would have known about the prophet Isaiah and in chapter 6 where it says, I just caught a glimpse, a vision of the Lord, high and lifted up. When I saw him, I cried out. I am a man of unclean lips. I'm filthy. I'm no good at all, he said. I'm undone. I'm coming unraveled. I can't even be with myself because you're so awesome. They would have known about the Holy of Holies, the place where God dwelt, where once a year and only once a year, the high priest was allowed to enter. And oftentimes they would tie a rope to his leg. <clears throat> and that, that way, if he did catch a glimpse of God, they would, or if he accidentally died in the Holy of Holies, they'd be able to drag the dead guy out, which was one of the reasons why enrolling in the priesthood wasn't very high. Matthew says that Jesus will be God with us. Revolutionary that God would come to reveal himself through his son. We worship him for who he is. Who is he? 
The Bible says that Jesus is the door through which we enter. He is the gate. He, he calls himself the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He is the bread of life. He says he is the living water. If any of you are thirsty and want something more, he says, whoever drinks of me will never thirst again. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is simultaneously the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of this world. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords and the Prince of peace. Who is he? He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Worship him now for who he is. He is God with us. Stand and sing with us. the king of kings and we are going to worship for who he is the second reason we are going to worship jesus is we are going to worship jesus for what he has done what has he done i believe scripture best tells us this our lord who has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We worship him for what he has done. Did you hear that? 
Jesus has done for us, each one of us, not because of anything we have done, but because of his grace. We are saved by his grace. We are here because of his grace, and we can worship him because of his grace. Jesus has appeared to us. The first time we saw Jesus was as a little, as a little baby born in a manger. Luke 2.11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Most of us get excited over the news of a baby, but our excitement over Jesus should lead us to worship. Some of you might say, Jesus hasn't done anything for me. And I would say, that's because you don't know him. If you know him, I promise you, he's done more than you could ever imagine. We are saved and called to a holy life because of Jesus. God's purpose for his son was to give each and one of us purpose. I can reassure you that even when we feel like Jesus hasn't done anything, he's doing something. He has done the one thing none of us can, and that is and that has come to earth as a little baby, the son of God. And since we know the the rest of the story, we know that the little baby was born to be the ultimate sacrifice and to forgive us when our worship falls short. Continue to worship for us. Worship him now for what he has done. stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O oh, he Christ was born, O night divine, O night, O night divine, fall on your knees, O he was born O night divine O night O night divine 
Jesus wants a gift from all of us, and I believe it's our worship. We are going to worship Him for who He is. We are going to worship Him for for what He has done. And the third reason to worship Jesus, we are going to worship Jesus for what He will do. Think about this for a moment. The Magi traveled miles and miles to worship a little baby who hadn't done anything yet. Think Think about what they were doing. They were worshiping in faith. They were doing what many of you will do today. Some of you say, I would love to worship Him for what He's doing in my life right now. But there's some things going on in my life right now that aren't so great. I'm not too thankful for them. I wish they would just change. I've got good news for you. You can worship Him today the same exact way the Magi worshipped Him. The Magi were worshiping forward in faith. They were worshiping for what He... He was going to do, but had not, had not done yet. Scripture says it best. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work in, at work within us. Worshiping Jesus for what, for what he will do takes on a whole new meaning for those who believe that Jesus' birth is just the beginning of what he has done. What he has done quickly turns into what he will do. A king who stepped off his throne to come to earth as a little baby. A king who lived an obedient life. A king whose love for you and me would take him all the way to the cross. What Jesus has done is promised us an everlasting life full of moments to experience and share his love. Jesus can do more than we can ever dream. You can worship him forward in faith. To worship Jesus for what he will do is a, is, is the call to put all your faith in him. Call on him, lean on him, and trust in him. No problem is too big. No fear is stronger. No one, no one, per, no one person is greater than than the next. God knew that we needed Jesus more than he did. Jesus has the power to overlook our burdens and extend his grace and forgiveness. And if he never does what you hoped he would do, you can still worship him this Christmas Eve because he is always a good God that has plans to bless you and prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. Stand with us and continue to worship. Joy, repeat the sounding joy. 
repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders, wonders of His love. In view of who Christ is, what he has done, and what he will do, I bring him a gift, and I am the gift. You can do the same this evening. Amidst the busyness of this Christmas season, I urge you to take this time that is required to slow down and reflect on Jesus and how he is the greatest gift of all. Remember that the only gift he wants in return is you. Your worship, your life. More than just worshiping, him with a song more than anything else. He wants us to worship him with our lives. Romans 12.1 describes it best. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. What is the one thing Jesus wants from you that only you can give? The right answer is your life. Not just a song or two or three, but offering your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. Join us now as we prepare for communion. <laughs> 